It's Tuesday, and this is Reset. Hi, I'm WBZ reporter Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. Today on the show, a big win for environmental groups in Northwest Indiana. The steel mill owner Cleveland Cliffs has agreed to pay $3 million to settle lawsuits by government and nonprofit organizations. The company is accused of violating the Clean Water Act more than 100 times, including a chemical spill that killed thousands of fish and closed Lake Michigan beaches back in 2019. Howard Lerner is the executive director of the Environmental Law and Policy Center in Chicago. His group is one of the nonprofits involved in this legal battle, and he joins us now. Howard, how do you feel about the outcome? This is a terrific outcome when it comes to protecting the Great Lakes and people in Northwest Indiana communities who have been tired of the amount of pollution, both water pollution and air pollution that's plagued Northwest Indiana. You know, in this case, what used to be called our solar middle and has now been bought by Cleveland Cliffs has a big steel mill in Burns Harbor, Indiana. And in August of 2019, there was a big spill of ammonia and cyanide into the east arm of the Little Calumet River. It got into Lake Michigan, and the company didn't tell anybody. All of a sudden, a few days later, 3,000 fish, dead fish, turn up in the Little Calumet River and in Lake Michigan. It turns out that there was too much ammonia and cyanide in excess of the permits for ArcelorMittal and Cleveland Cliffs that they dumped into the waterways that killed the fish and led to beaches being closed and led to water intake questions, violating the Clean Water Act, both then. But when we looked at the reports that were filed, they're called discharge monitoring reports that were filed by Cleveland Cliffs. What they all said was they were violating their permits many, many times. So the Environmental Law and Policy Center and our clients, the Hoosier Environmental Council, filed a Clean Water Act citizen enforcement lawsuit in the federal court in 2019. We've been engaged in discovery and motions, motions for partial summary judgment. And then with the new administration, the federal government came in and the U.S. EPA and Department of Justice in the state of Indiana began to step up. And over the last six months, there's been a settlement set of conferences between the polluter, Cleveland Cliffs, the federal and state governments, and the Environmental Law and Policy Center. We came together on a consent decree, and that's what was announced yesterday. $3 million in civil penalties, a lot of work that needs to be done by Cleveland Cliffs to improve their operations, modernize their equipment so there's going to be less pollution going forward, some requirements on notifications, none of this hide-the-ball stuff. If there's a discharge that's in excess of the permits, you got to tell people. And two big, what are called environmentally beneficial projects. One of them is 127 acres of land uh, that's going to be cleaned up and added, hopefully, to the Indiana Dunes National Park for all of us to use and enjoy. And there's going to be enhanced water quality monitoring going on around Lake Michigan for the next two summers. So if there are pollution problems, we find that out quicker and we can move forward to clean it up. Right. Message to the industries, clean up your act, and if you don't and you keep polluting in excess of your permits, you're going to be held accountable. Well, Howard, I was out there in 2019 doing reporting when they had this bill, when it was still under ArcelorMetal. And I can tell you that you, you talk about how this shut, it killed a lot of fish, obviously, 3,000 fish in that harbor. And it shut down beaches, but not just any beach. It was the Indiana Dudes National Park. That's a big black eye for the National Park and for the region. 
I've been reporting a lot on environmental steel mill problems in, in Northwest Indiana, pollution, and we always hear about these fines after the fact. Is this $3 million going to be enough to set some of these companies straight, companies like Cleveland Cliffs? So let's look at some of the costs here. $3 million in civil penalties, $2 million, that's the appraised value of the land, $1 million of attorney's fees and costs to be paid to the plaintiffs, and then the costs of doing the upgrades and the repairs and the fix-its at the plant. You know, that's real money. We hope, we believe it will send a very strong message to Cleveland Cliffs and Middle, the former name of the company, clean it up do better in the future. But I'll tell you, you're right on target. If this doesn't do it, and we see those sorts of problems going forward, then that's going to send a message that the penalties need to be even steeper. Let's hope for the best here, that this sends a real clear message and it gets Cleveland Cliffs on the right track. And let's also be aware that if it doesn't, we may need to do more going forward. Howard, how do you think this agreement will prevent future chemical spills? Well, first of all, there's nothing as important as the state and federal agencies doing their jobs and doing it well. That means the U.S. EPA and the state of Indiana's Department of Environmental Management, you know, they're the first line of defense for the public. These are the public agencies. They need to be tough but fair enforcers, all right? They need to be sitting there watching the monitoring. They need to be making sure, whether it's Cleveland Cliffs or U.S. Steel or some of the other industrial facilities, that they're doing things right there, and they're not creating pollution problems in violation of the Clean Water Act. We need to rely upon those public agencies to not just do their job pretty well, but very well. But there's a role for groups like the Environmental Law and Policy Center, the Clean Water Act, and the Clean Air Act have what are called citizen enforcement lawsuit provisions. So we work with and we hope that the U.S. EPA, particularly under this administration, is going to do a much better job when it comes to enforcement and monitoring. And we hope that the Indiana Department of Environmental Management does a much better job of enforcing the Environmental Law and Policy Center and good groups like the Hoosier Environmental Council and some of our other colleagues in the region. We're going to be able to step up and do our jobs well if for whatever reason the federal government isn't. And that is, of course, what happened during the Trump administration. Now, Howard, I, I know how important this industry is to Northwest Indiana. My dad worked 42 years at a steel mill, Inland Steel in East Chicago, which was uh, the name for ArcelorMittal, bought it out, and now Cleveland Cliffs. But there is that fine line between providing jobs and, and tax money to these areas, but also polluting the water in ways that it almost seems unmanageable. Can you tell us more about the chemicals that have been spilling into Lake Michigan? I mean, they, are, they sound, they are very dangerous. You know, let's start out. Most businesses can do this well, and they should do it well. That's sustainability. And that means doing a good job when it comes to the environment, employing people and keeping good jobs, and doing things that are good for the economy. That's not impossible to do together. You know, the Clean Water Act has worked. It's cleaning up the lake. It's better water and safer water for the public, safe, clean water. And good businesses can do this, and they can do it well. So the jobs and environmental progress, those go hand in hand, and they go together. The chemicals we're dealing with here with U.S. Steel, uh, I think it's called hexachlorine. 
with regard to ArcelorMittal and Cleveland Cliffs, it was cyanide and ammonia. So, I mean, we're dealing with chemicals that when they get into the water present a real problem. So the Clean Water Act matters. It's designed to protect safe, clean water, fishable, swimmable waters, safe, clean water for everybody. The businesses in Indiana, just like the businesses in Chicago and businesses around the country, can run their businesses. They can do it well. They can do it in ways that create jobs, are good for the economy, and do it in ways that are good and safe for the environment. We're seeing lots of businesses step up in terms of sustainability and do it well and comply with the law. And indeed, when you talk to a lot of the industrial facilities and the people who are managing the plants, it really grinds on their nerves when they feel like, hey, at my plant, we're working hard to do it right. We're working hard to comply with the Clean Water Act and the Clean Air Act, and we're doing it. But there's somebody down the road they're not being so careful, and we don't want them to get a competitive advantage by racing to the bottom, and uh, we don't want them to be not doing it well, and then everybody starts talking about how all the businesses aren't doing it well. So everybody has an interest here in terms of those steel mills in northwest Indiana and the other industrial facilities running their businesses in ways that are good for jobs, good for the economy, and good for the environment. And that means complying with the law and not trying to find ways around it. As we mentioned earlier, thousands of fish died after a 2019 chemical spill. Howard, what are some of the potential long-term impacts on Lake Michigan and its wildlife from something like this? You know, this is one where we aren't the expert on all the natural resources damages, and there are people at the federal government who are looking at that. You know, let's keep in mind first that when you have those toxic chemicals going into the lake, you really have to look at both the impact on public health, how does it affect us in terms of safe, clean drinking water, and you also have to look at it, what's the effect uh, when it comes to the ecology, to the natural resources, you know, to the fish you know, to the whole ecosystem of the Great Lakes, which is incredibly rich and robust. Also look at it in terms of the impact, as you mentioned, the beaches were closed at the Indiana Dunes National Park. The Indiana Dunes National Park, I think, is now one of the top dozen most visited parks in the country. And it's accessible to a whole lot of people. You know, within a 50-mile radius of the Indiana Dunes National Park, uh, there must be more than 5 million people. Uh, and maybe even a few more million than that. It's a place that you can get to easily, whether you're downtown Chicago or the south side of Chicago. You can get easily to there. You can get there from Gary, Indiana. You can get there from Michigan City. I mean, this is a national park that's a terrific place, and it's right there for all of us to use and enjoy. So let's make sure that, you know, the beaches are clean, that there's less pollution coming from the steel mills next door, whether it's air pollution or water pollution. And in this case, we also seize the opportunity to get 127 more acres of land that hopefully, if it gets cleaned up, can then be added to make the national park a little bit bigger. And that gives more of an opportunity for more people to use and enjoy our national parks to get outdoors and see some really special places, as you're suggesting. And, Howard, we know that, um, you know, in talking with people down there, uh, we know they feel like it's a big black eye and an embarrassment anytime they have to shut down that national park because it's not the only time the national park has been shut down 
because of these uh, spills. Cleveland Cliffs, as you know, is not the only steel mill or company in that area that has been accused of polluting into Lake Michigan. Howard, in your experience, does it sometimes feel like a game of whack-a-mole? What more can local governments do, whether it's Indiana or Illinois, to be doing to prevent something like this? Whack-a-mole is a good way of describing it sometimes, but it shouldn't be that, okay? I mean, let's start in terms of what ought to happen. First of all, Cleveland Cliffs and some of the other industrial facilities that have had longstanding problems that you're describing, like U.S. Steel, need to clean up their acts, okay? And hopefully, a consent decree in this lawsuit is going to push in that direction. But the first step is for the businesses themselves, for these industrial facilities, to just clean up their acts and stop polluting the lakes. Secondly, we need the federal and state agencies to do their jobs well. And I'm hoping that within the new administration in Washington, the U.S. EPA and EPA Region 5 in particular, led by Deborah Shore, who's been very involved in water issues over the years, is going to be a tough but fair enforcer. They're going to be monitoring the situation, and they're going to be saying to some of these companies, if you don't do it yourself and do it well, we're going to be there to do our job and we're going to enforce against you. And ditto, the same ought to be done by the Indiana Department of Environmental Management. And third, groups like the Environmental Law and Policy Center, Save the Dunes, Hoosier Environmental Council, we need to do our jobs as watchdogs for the public, as watchdogs for the environment, you know, making sure that things are getting cleaned up and it's going better. At the Environmental Law and Policy Center, we are doing that, as we did in this case. We're going to be doing more of it, and we're going to be looking to do that in cooperation with our colleagues, many of whom are working in the same way. It's a good set of environmental groups in Indiana and in the Chicago area that care a lot about cleaning up the environment, protecting the Indiana Dunes National Park, making sure we have healthier communities, and we're going to keep working hard to do that well. My last question is, does in the state of Indiana do enough to prevent this? It seems like through my reporting over the years, it's always the state of Illinois, Chicago groups, or the city of Chicago taking these steel mills to task. Does Indiana do enough? Well, historically, I have to say the state of Indiana has not done all that it should do. And that's unfortunate. In the present case, at this point, the state of Indiana has stepped up. They've been a constructive part of the consent decree that we formed. Uh, and I don't have any reason to take a shot at them for what they've done here. You know, we're going to be watching the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, and I don't care whether it's a Republican or a Democratic governor. These state EPAs are really important. They need to do their jobs. They need to do it well. They need to do it in partnership with the federal government, the U.S. EPA, and they need to do it so well that when the environmental groups look at them and if we do a scorecard, we look at them saying they're doing a really good job and that's something on behalf of the public we can all be proud of. That's it for today's Reset Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button for news you can depend on, whether it's the latest on city and state politics or COVID updates. And please give us a rating and a review. It helps folks like you find us too. I'm Michael Puente. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow afternoon.